the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets, NBA Draft Best Bets Edition. We got you set with Sam Vecini earlier in the week. We are on the Action Network podcast, giving out straight best bets. We are on the Favorites podcast, giving you a little bit of a taste of those kind of things, but this is the real deal. We are here with Vegas Refund. We'll be breaking down everything that you need to know to bet the NBA Draft on Thursday. This is a extremely volatile market is the way that I would put it. This is not a usual year. There's a lot of trades in the air. There's a lot of noise going on. I have lost my mind like five times. I've called my editor like three times just to be like, I need to talk this out with you as I'm trying to logic this out between all the stuff I've heard and how the markets are moving and everything else. Everything we talk about today can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on the NBA draft and much, much more. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by my colleague, Brandon Anderson. Brandon, how many times have you changed your, your mock draft and your big board in the last 36 hours? I, I thought you were going to say like 36 minutes, and it was still going to take the over on that. Like every time I look at it, something moves. My big board, I'm currently made writing my big board. And every time I think about someone, my opinions shift slightly. It is it's Christmas Eve over here for me. I, I'm excited. We got a lot of gifts to open, and I can't wait for it. Joining us also from from New Jersey is <laughs> Vegas Refund. You can find him on Twitter at Vegas Refund. He's also in the award-winning Action Network app. You can follow the picks in there. He's got his draft bets up. So he has absolutely crushed the markets on NFL and NBA draft betting in the past. Wanted to get him on to break down where the markets move. He's one of the sharpest, smartest betters that you're going to find when it comes to betting these draft markets. How to have him on. How you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me. This is actually, I think, like my fourth show ever. So I really appreciate Welcome coming to on. The, welcome to the media game. <laughs> it is so fun. I, I'm, I could sit down here for hours with you guys and talk this. So I'm pumped. Uh, let's start right at the top, okay? Uh, this has been a crazy week for the number one pick market. Broke this down on buckets on Monday wrote an article about it on the action network. There's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, on Sunday night, the market shifted dramatically towards Palaban Carroll. He was plus 1600. He was third. Everyone was just like, he's going to the Rockets. He's going to the Rockets. He's going to the Rockets. It's done. It's Jabari or Chet or Chet and then Jabari. And then everything changed in terms of the market on Sunday as the bets come in. Bet MGM took 4% of their handle increase on Chet or I'm sorry, on Palo overnight. Uh, multiple books had to adjust their numbers. This moved on from 1600 Sunday afternoon. And then eventually we wound up with a plus 200 on Palo Bancaro to go number one at one point. At that point, then the market shifted back and the Sharps, I talked about this on the favorites. The Sharps came back in and started betting on Jabari Smith. And now those odds have moved back up from minus 140 to minus 200. It's gotten longer at some spots. It continues moving back that way. It, this makes a lot of sense, right? If you think Palaban Caro's odds are off, you hammer that number, which forces them to move Jabari down. Then you get Jabari at a much lower number. So you hit that, and then that one goes back up. And now if as long as it's Jabari or Palo, you're good. And if you want Chet Holmgren, he's now plus 500 at Caesars. There's plus 350s and more across the market. Brandon, I want to start with you because you've been on the, like, the lottery came out and you were like, Chet Holmgren's the bet. And then we heard all the intel and you said, Chet Holmgren's the bet. And we checked in on Monday and you said, Chet Holmgren's the bet. The market's moving against Chet Holmgren. Maybe the Sharps come in on Chet late. That's entirely possible. What do you think about the number one pick and the value right now? What I think is that the most likely scenario is that it's not Chet. <laughs> I, I think that I probably was wrong. I think it's not going to be Chet. However, I'm still going to bet Chet because at five to one, I only need implied 17% or better to, to get there. And I, I think the thing that we know most of all is that as of Wednesday afternoon, the day before the draft, we still don't know who the number one pick is. And I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is. I mean, with the top of the three, 
uh, the top of the three, I, I'm still debating on my own big board. Like which order do I have uh, two and three on? I've got chat number one for sure, but it, maybe that's just the reason. Maybe it truly is that close. And they're three such distinct players. Like it's easy to think like, oh, well, they're all three big men. So just take the best one. But they all have such unique playing styles. I think that there's a lot of other variables in on it. So to me, I think the big takeaway is that's up in the air still, whether it's because of a trade or smoke or whatever. If you feel like you have a read on it or an angle, I think you bet it. And I think you're going to have spots to bet it because the numbers are still shifting and moving. By the time you listen, it'll be a different number. So uh, I'm still going to play chat because it's a long enough number that I think it's better than the odds to get there. I think in the end, it'll probably be Jabari like it has been the whole time. But I think you pick your horse and you go to the races. Yeah, so... The movement's in crazy, probably the craziest I've ever seen, where, like, on the head right now, I do think it's going to be Jabari. I do have Paolo shares. Uh, like, my two certainties right now, do I would say, is Jabari doesn't get past two, and Chet's not going number one. Um, and I go back and forth with Brandon um, every day, and we definitely differ in some opinions, uh, which is totally fine. That's the beauty of sports betting, no matter what angle you come with, it's everything works or can't work, but the media has no clue. Um, <laughs> I've said this on another show, but I had a buddy complaining to me today about the media, like slacking on getting info, which is like good for us because if the media knew what was going on, we'd be looking at a bunch of lines at minus 1000 and it wouldn't be bettable right. where there are angles that we can attack because there is a gray area. So. I, I think that's like an interesting kind of segue to, to talk about like how this is being reported. So Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, who is you know, one of the most plugged in people on the planet on Tuesday reported that Jabari Smith quote is likely to go number one. I'm surprised that this is still where he's at, that there's not more concrete information given his longstanding ties to various people in the magic front office. And it tells you, I think, a lot about the inc- the uncertainty. No one knows if the Magic have made a decision yet. On Monday, Jeff Wellman met with the media and said, we haven't decided. And I trust him to actually say, like, there's no benefit to being like, we haven't decided yet. It so, really isn't. So, like, Galaxy Brain Theories, they're telling everyone about Jabari. Now, everyone knows that the Rockets are all in on Palo, where if, like, the Magic took Palo, the Rockets would lose their minds. Let's just say some type of trade is already in place for the Rockets to go up to number one because they have to have him. Yep. You would think that Orlando would be hyping Jabari to bait the Rockets into offering more. Yep. But crazy thinking, what if they already have an offer in place and the Magic are keeping it hush-hush to bait OKC into trading up to number one for Jabari, where then they can just take Paolo to? I think it's entirely plausible. I think it's a gambit that will fail because I don't think Sam, <laughs> yeah. I don't think Sam Presti is going to go for it. Right, uh, I would agree with that. So I think it's a plausible the, scenario. Here's like it's trade up makes so much sense to me. Yes. I absolutely hate talking trades, but yep. like that one just makes so much sense for them yep. to go up to one with how much we think they love him. Yeah. But. And that's the thing is, especially if you're the magic and it's like, look, we're okay. If we get Jabari, we're okay. If we get Chet, we don't think that, that any of these three guys is like the guy. We don't think that any of these three guys. And there's a lot of sentiment that these guys may not be superstars. They may not be franchise-defining guys. And if they're not, then, okay, you just – what if you pull a Boston with Philadelphia and you're like, look, we'll move back to three. We'll take whoever is left on the board because we have our guy. Right. Uh, we know who, who we like and we think he's going to be there. Because I think it's likely that if Houston moves up and takes Paolo, which would be great for my bank account, Okay, see, I think it takes Jabari. And then, you know, Brandon, you would wind up being right that the Orlando <laughs> Magic are going to draft Chet Holmgren. Uh, you would just That's be off me. on uh, you would just be off on the spot that it would happen. I, I think that this is a real plausible scenario. It would explain a lot of the of the odds movement because here's part of it. Well, here's some supporting information. Bancaro is supposed to work out with the Magic on Monday. That didn't happen. Bankero has not worked out for the Magic. This has led to some people being like, are the Magic really going to draft a guy 
Number one, that they didn't work out. The answer, I'm sorry, is yeah. Like, this entire thing is driving me crazy. We see these times. Now, this is not the number one pick. The Magic took Suggs last year without a workout. The Nuggets at seven took Jamal Murray without a workout. Hadn't met the guy. Hadn't been able to do an interview with him. Like, the idea that if you're a franchise and you have background intel that you've done, because they have swaths of teams that do it, Six months of scouting, intense month long from the top end executives and connections with the agent. You don't need to meet with the guy. You just don't. You don't need to see him hit jumpers in an empty gym. I don't need to see Paolo Bancaro doing spin moves in an empty gym with no one defending him to get a sense of what he can do. We know this. We know all these things. So to me, that's like a big flaw in the logic, Brandon, is this idea that the workouts are an indicator of because Jabari worked out for them and did media. And that's why everyone's like, it's probably Orlando. Like they really, they went through all this. And so that to me is like the strongest. uh, I I think that that is a flaw in the system, even though I do think that Jabari should still be favored to go number one because of the instability of traits. Yeah. Well, the other flaw in the logic of, well, Paulo can't be number one. They didn't work him out. It's the very thing you guys just talked about. If the if the trade up happens, if Houston trades up from three to one, then Houston, like we surely Houston will be trading up for Paulo. Like that would be the thing that we would be expecting to happen at that point. So, you know, it's important to remember when we are betting these positions, you're betting who goes number one. You're not betting who goes number one to Orlando. So it's could could Paulo still go to Orlando? I think you just made the case for that. Could Paolo go number one, not to Orlando? You guys made the case for that as well. So there are multiple ways to get there. And, you know, so there are markets too. I don't think I've seen any up where just who does Orlando take first overall. Uh, But it's important to make sure you you know what you're betting. And draft position is usually the one that you're betting. So you've got to factor the trade possibilities in too. Um, So Brandon, do you, I think we talked about this before the show. Do you kind of agree that there's, you can't find value? at this point in the top three, is that where you're at? I don't see much value. I mean, the, the value to me and I, you guys disagree, the, the value, if there's going to be value is chat. If you still think that just forget all the rest of it. I just think chat has a real chance to go. Number one. I think he's the best guy in the class at five to one. That's the value play. I don't think there's enough value left at the other spots. Even if you do like Paolo going number one at this point, I think your better value is to kind of galaxy brain and say, okay, well, Paolo is a huge favorite to go third. So if Paolo goes number one, then how can I bet number three at better value? But I, I don't see a great way to bet Jabari. I definitely don't see a great way to bet Paolo. His odds are really juiced at all the top three spots. Okay. So VR, let, let's talk about how to bet this. If we want to, if, if we want to find value on it, I do think as we get closer to the draft and we just saw this during recording, FanDuel's put up, quote unquote, parlays, even though you can't actually parlay the picks in the order that you want. Uh, they've put up various pick combinations. Do you feel like trifectas are the best value to find in the top 10 at this point or in the top five or top three, rather? Yeah. And right before these got added, I was about to say the points, but I had trifectas up a couple of weeks ago and taken them down, haven't put them back up. I've just been praying that they go back up, which FanDuel just added popular parlays. It gives me a little bit of hope even though we're in the fourth quarter. But uh, I hate how they call it popular parlays. It makes me think like, oh, <laughs> this is what they want me to bet right now. Um, so so let's, let's yeah. give the listeners then, let's assume that this is that sometime between now and the draft that they put this up. What is the trifecta that you want and what's the price you're looking for? I have a ton of power shares. So I would be looking to basically hedge guess, with te- technically hedge. Basically the consensus. I would want to like hedge with the consensus trifecta if it's good enough. Um, the whole math aspect, which I know Brandon, you're like the master of, that is not my strength here. If it's a sexy number, gut check, like I'll probably be interested. But I'd be looking for, if I'm not hedging, something like Jabari, Palo, Chet. So the, the consensus has been, and it still is, Jabari first, Chet second, Paolo third. We all agree that's the clear consensus right now still, right? Yes. 
So with, with I have, I'm sorry, I have to put the caveat that two very smart people were like, were like, don't be shocked if Paolo goes two to OKC. That's the most OKC right. thing imaginable. Okay, but but that's noise. still not the consensus, right? That's like smoke to get Houston to trade up now too. Yeah, but like, yeah, I heard that. So so here's what I want to workshop quick is. What percentage do we think that that consensus trifecta is is the actual order? Jabari one, Chet two, Paolo three. What percentage is that? Is that over or under fifty percent likely? Under, under fifty. Actually, honestly, exactly. So you would look for a plus a hundred, Matt. You're looking for something with a plus longer number. Are you looking yeah. for plus one fifty? So that's forty percent. Are you looking for plus two hundred? So thirty three percent. Like how, how far under I want plus plus one seventy five. Okay. I don't trust. I do not trust. Like, look to the listener, trust VR. Brandon has got these guys extremely well. I can't, I'm having a really hard time getting away from my gut feelings and they're not the gut feelings based off of the prospects. I haven't, I, I pay more attention to what I hear, but I cannot get around some of these ideas of like, really, this team is going to do this. And a lot of these combinations, the one that especially sticks out to me is there, there continues to be just like a lot of like, yeah, okay, so he's going to take chat. They feel great about it. I cannot tell you the exact reason why I do not feel good about it. I still, I'm just like, that does not seem like anything that the OKC that I have covered for a decade and a half would do, but it could be wrong. So go ahead, Brandon. Uh I'll, I'll just add on chat. If you are hesitant on the chat experience, like Matt seems to be hesitant, certainly. And I think there are good reasons to be hesitant. There's a lot of questions, more questions about him than there are about Paolo and Jabari. I think if one of the three falls out of the top three, because Ivy got taken or another wild card, Chet to me is the guy who would fall out. If there is one Chet to go number four right now, either to the Kings where he'd be a great fit or on a trade up in that spot is 66 to one at Fox bet. So if you want to bet on chaos and one of the top three, not being the big men, I think Chet is the guy. And that's a pretty tasty number. Just a nibble. That number has dropped a lot at most of the other books down to like 25 to one. So. Which like, I totally got caught up in like the 10 foil hat theories of Chet. Falling yeah. where <laughs> like five, I think I have like 200 to win on Chet, which like that's like that hits were like dancing naked on the streets. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally took the bait on that. Where, yeah, it, same, same here. And like, I, I do keep thinking about like, what am I going to be saying on Friday's pod when we do like reaction to the draft? And I'm thinking I'm just gonna be like, congratulations on all the money you won, Brandon. Congratulations <laughs> and yeah. all of the check concerns. Uh, still a still a number one expert on action at network. Yep. That's right. So so Matt, I know you you are uh befuddled, let's say, at the talk of four, five, and six. I feel like we kind of killed off one to three. Yeah. Let's go to four, five, and six. So I need to uh, rant about this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here's the situation that we got. All right. Uh four is the Sacramento Kings who are looking for win now moves. Five is the Detroit Pistons who are open to both additions to their roster and additional assets or taking the pick six is Indiana that desperately wants to move up and they want to uh, acquire more talent as they're basically going into a rebuild. Malcolm Brogdon is out on the corner with a sign that says free for whoever can put in any offer. Essentially Uh, miles Turner is on the table has been, uh, there's talks with Charlotte. There's talks with uh, a number of other teams involving miles Turner. Um, TJ Warren's probably going to be gone in free agency. The board is open for the Indiana Pacers. They are really rebuilding, which is a a big move for them. Okay. The number four consensus guy on the big boards and most of the talent evaluations is Jaden Ivey. Do we agree on that, on big boards and like basic draft analysis? Brandon's shaking his head yes. VR, do you agree on that? Yeah. And if my big board mattered, he'd be my, I I love Ivey. Me too. I think he's incredible. The Sacramento Kings are the number four pick. So it's impossible for them to do the simple and smart thing. The simple and smart thing would be a trade to Aaron Fox and then rebuild with Davion Mitchell and Jaden Ivey. That's an incredible move. They're so obviously the not going to do that. thing would be to pair Jaden Ivey with Tyrese Halliburton, who they still yeah. have on the roster and just go into the future. <laughs> yeah. So not able to do that. Um, it doesn't make any sense for the Kings to take Ivy 
Ivy has said, quote, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, which is not the ringing endorsement you want. It's clear his people don't want him to go to Sacramento for obvious reasons. He's going to have a time crunch in terms of playing time. It'd be a, a, a weird pick at number four. The Knicks have have a strong offer on the table that the Kings turned down for number four. Vivek Radive, according to DX, Gavoni over at ESPN, is, quote, enamored with Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray is the guy that all of a sudden in the last week, everyone has started pushing towards. This drives Brandon insane for a lot of reasons. Um, this is the guy that I'm just telling you this. I, I, I've, we hit on Scotty Barnes last year because I heard consistent noise from day one after the lottery, Scotty Barnes, Toronto. Then I heard it again, Scotty Barnes, Toronto last week of the draft, Scotty Barnes, Toronto. Okay. We're not going to hit that every single time. I will tell you that Keegan Murray is a plus number to go number four and Indiana, the Spurs both want to move up to take Murray and the Kings have made a lot of noise that if they keep the pick, it's likely to be Keegan Murray. I, I think the market is behind here. I think Keegan Murray number four is good value at this point, even though I know Jaden Ivey is like a better prospect. VR, I, I bet Murray to go number four. I just bet him again with Jabari Smith and Palaban Caro to go number one in those parlays. To me, Murray at number four is the best Intel-based best bet that I can offer. Yeah, and- the King's owner has come out who he likes in the past and they've taken that guy where, and I think you brought this up in your article yesterday, but I would argue that is Ivy over four and a half, a better bet than Keegan exact in terms of value right now. What's the number right now? Do you have it on Ivy? I'll check. Let me get Brandon's thoughts on that. While we check on what the, what the value is on Ivy versus that. So Brandon, yeah. like the, this is going to, I know this is, you're going to be like, but this doesn't make any sense. We're in <laughs> Kang's world. Brandon, nothing makes yeah. sense here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at. I, I'm out of words on this one because, you know, I've, I've done the Keegan Murray thing. He would be the second oldest top five draft pick in the last nine drafts. He's being compared to Tobias Harris and TJ Warren. Like we're trying to take an old established TJ Warren in the top five. It doesn't make any sense. And it's the Kings. So maybe that's why it makes sense. And it's, it's, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me why he would go that high. It doesn't make sense to me why, Teams like the Spurs and Pacers, who should be shooting for star prospects, who should be shooting for young guys, why would they pay extra assets to trade up and take not a young upside prospect? It doesn't make sense to me. I am not a heavy Intel better on the draft. Both of you are a very heavy Intel betters. I can't get there. So, uh, But I understand it. I, I don't disagree. All the Intel that you're saying totally makes sense. If you are an Intel better, I think you're right, Matt, that this is the avenue to go. It is, But is Keegan like the most win now player for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 16 years? Um, I think it's so it's strange because if somehow like, let's say this, this is not a rumor. This is just an example. If James Wiseman got traded for the number four pick to the Kings and the Warriors drafted Keegan Murray, I would be like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. He'll be amazing. He'll shoot off the, the move. He'll cut into space. Like he would be an incredible win now to a team like that, but he's right. not a win now guy as like, oh, you're the star of the franchise now and let's run our offense through. Like that's not what Keegan Murray is supposed to be. So like, part of my concern with him is that at Iowa, he was in this like super optimized offense built around his strength. And like he's not going to do that at Detroit or in, Sacramento or somewhere. So maybe that's the win now move, but I, I think the win now move, if you're the Kings, if you're desperate to win is to trade the pick and get somebody that's actually ready to play right now. Not Keegan Murray who might be ready. And the odds for that Ivy over and a half, the best I see are points bet as over four and a half plus one fifty. Yeah. I think, I think it's probably value there. If you wonder how far he slips, I don't think get, if Indiana can't move up, which I have a hard time seeing them putting in a better offer than what the Knicks offered, but maybe it's possible. Um, if they move up Ivy, it's Murray or Ivy for Indiana is what I've, is what I've heard. Yeah. And if it's Murray or Ivy, if they move up to four, it could be Ivy, but I heard that Murray's in the lead. So like, yes. uh, again, probability, I think stands that it's probably going to be Murray. Well, here's another thing that's interesting. The Detroit wants Murray. So if he doesn't go four, I think he goes five 
over under is five and a half at, D- at DraftKings, but it's heavily juiced under. You can get five uh, on Murray at plus one thirty. Murray under on points bet isn't that bad right now. It's minus one seventy one, which okay. he was like upper two hundreds for mm-hmm. a couple of days. He's upper two hundred. Keegan yeah. Keegan to go four right now is plus one fifteen on DraftKings. Yep. So you would obviously take Ivy plus one fifty over. Uh, so I will say, like again, if so, if Ivy doesn't go four, uh, Brandon, I'm not sure he goes five. I think what I've heard is I think that for Detroit, if they keep the pick, if they don't trade it, it's Murray or Matherin. I don't think Ivy goes five. I'm not sh- as confident on that, but I think it's possible that four, five, six is Murray, Matherin, Ivy. Yeah, that would certainly be a surprise. Uh, I, I felt like up until the last couple of days of Intel, I felt like five was the 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 the, you know, the floor for Ivy. Yep. He seems like a very good fit there. Works well with Cade Cunningham. Makes a lot of sense. But again, it doesn't matter what Brandon thinks makes sense. It matters what we're hearing on the Intel. And, you know, I, I have Matherin. Oh. I gave that out in, in our betting mock draft. I gave out Matherin at number five at 10 to one. He's now as short as like under two to one at, at some books there. So I think, you know, VR, when you're talking about why, why, where's the value on Keegan? Why is the number still a little bit longer than you thought? I think Matherin is the reason. I think that there's real Matherin top five buzz to the point that I, I was agree. looking at, at Matherin unders. So I think that's part of a. Yeah, totally agree. I have him to go five, which would be fantastic. Uh, I love him too. Ivy falling would be crazy to me. Uh, it, uh, it's crazy to me that Matherin would be the reason, I guess you could say, for Ivy to fall. But I'm all on board on Matherin going in like at five. Last two days, it feels like he's gotten a ton of steam. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a couple mocks, but and I was seeing like under six and a half pop up for like on Twitter from people putting plays out. And I think it was even on VSN where he was eight and a half last week. Um, it Moving, going from eight and a half to six and a half within the top 10, it takes a lot to move two yeah. slots when it's that well. Um, and yeah, I still play under. If you want to go just a, a fun NBA tinfoil hat too, we just said a minute ago, man, I, I said, wouldn't it have been the perfect Sacramento future to draft IVF four and pair him with Tyrese Halliburton? What if Sacramento drafts Keegan Murray at four, triggering Ben and Matherin to five, and suddenly Jaden Ivey gets paired with Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana. And they live happily ever after as Kings fans pull out their hair for another 10 years. The reason I can't (laughs) bet this, that I can't bet this more strongly is just because Ivy is so widely considered by every, like the draft consultants I've talked to. Brandon thinks this, like everyone I talk to agrees, like, no, it's the top three. And then Jaden Ivey, like Jaden Ivey is like the prospect. Well, and it's, it's not even just that Matt, like you've said too, it's not necessarily just a top three than Ivy. It's some, some of them, some reputable ones have Ivy second or third ahead of some of the big men. And it's the Kings. Like, that's the problem. We're like, <laughs> yeah. I would like, like if the Kings had like a top three pick, we'd be in like a way better spot. We're like the Kings at four, which is like where the chaos starts because the top three is so such a consensus. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they haven't even worked Ivy out. I don't think, which like, but doesn't matter to the Kings because they've drafted people. They haven't worked out in the past. We talked about trifectas with the top three. I don't know if we'll see it, but what if they put up a, a parlay of four, five, six? Is there a four, five, six combo that either of you, uh, I, I'm out, I, I don't want it, but is there a four, five, six trifecta that either of you would look for and what's the order and what number would you want? Uh, four, five, six. So like assuming that the top three, man, Ivy, Mathur, and Keegan, I guess the consensus. Seven is where it gets really interesting to me. Um, and I have a couple other, I want to bring up some tidbits with that, but yeah, let's talk about that in a second. I'll tell you real quick. Mine would be, I want Murray, Mather and Ivy. I should, yeah, Sam, that's what I, I want. Ivy's mentioned, <laughs> Ivy's mentioned consistently. Look, if Ivy goes five, I'm not going to be like, wow. Like they took the best player on the board. If he goes four, I'm going to be like, okay, I, I wish you weren't the Kings. I want better for, for Jade and Ivy, but Okay. Um, I can see the 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 king kings basically being like, wait, we can move back two spots because look, the kings are the kings because of various things. I do think Monty McNair is a good GM, and so I can see him basically talking to Indiana and being like, wait, I can take go back two spots. I can get Matherin, like may, maybe even a, a swap with Detroit, depending on what happens. Like if they th- here's here is one thing: if they think they can get Murray at a later spot, they will trade out 
take the extra asset, still get your guy. And then it goes like, it could go four Ivy, five Matherin slash somebody else, right. and then six Murray, and that wouldn't shock me. But right now, the, the bet I want to make is Murray, Matherin, Ivy. That's the bet I want because yeah. I'm going to get a great plus number on it. Yeah, I agree. You get a really strong number. And I think if you're listening and wanting to bet Intel, I think to me, that's the best Intel-based bet that I've heard is that trio that you just said. Because if they post that, or even two of the three, I think you're going to get a really tasty plus number on it. Um, let's talk about number seven, which, oh boy, this is a mess. If four, five, six is a mess. Seven is its own entire mess. Portland gets the number seven pick in the draft. Portland immediately starts trying to figure out who they can trade with. Portland wants to reconfigure around Dane. They want to win now, peace. Portland wants OG Ananobi. This is not a secret. Everyone's talked about this. This has been reported. Portland wants OG Ananobi. Zach Lowe comes out, and Zach Lowe is very connected with Toronto, and he comes out on the low post this week, and he basically says, why would Toronto do this deal? Why would Toronto give up OG Ananobi for the seventh overall pick? And my, I have heard from sources that were involved in talks, partners around the deal, that the Blazers literally turned down seven for John Collins, who, by the way, I think John Collins is better than OG Ananobi, just so we're clear. Um, if that's where Portland is and it's, I've heard that it's either OG or they're keeping it. Okay. This gets real unstable because I do think that there's legit smoke around OG looking for a trade, but I do trust low. If he says that that's not going to happen, I don't like dealing with Masai Ujiri is, is really tough. Who does, Masai Ujiri take it seven. That's not a question I want any sort of consideration of. I've heard nothing on that idea. So um, I will tell you that if they keep the pick, VR, my best bet on number seven would be Shaden Sharp. What do you think? So with the NFL draft, which it's easy for me to compare, there's like all the mockers, the experts, like they always have, they're always connected to a team, whether it's like Jeremiah with the Jets and the Eagles or Schrager with the Cardinals, where you always look at who they're drafting for that team, where there never really has been that for the NBA draft until Mike Schmitz went to the Blazers. Hmm. And I have been paying attention of who Givney is putting at seven in all of his mock drafts, having no idea if Schmitz is sending him any intel, but they work together. Maybe, I mean, if my former coworker went to an NBA team and my job is to do mock drafts, I'm going to text them. And he just had his second update come out while we're on air for a mock draft and it's been sharp, but now he has Dyson Daniels. Interesting. Which who knows? He just got the text. I'm, I'm totally galaxy branding it, <laughs> but I would say sharp too before this. Um, Dyson is very interesting there. That is definitely seven it is definitely one of those trade spots that can be a total landmine. So just before we sharp is on- just untouchable to me. He's just, yeah, he's a landmine. Go ahead. Just before we started recording, points bet posted. A lot of these books have had exact number one pick, number two up to five. Points bet now has all the way up to 14. So right now for number seven, Dyson Daniels is the favorite at plus 185 as we record. Ben Matherin is three to one. Shaden Sharp is a plus 320 there. So Matt, you you and I have talked about Shaden Sharp. I wrote about at Action Network, you can read a profile that I wrote about his under seven and a half. I think if you want to do Shaden Sharp, the, the the sharper angle, no pun intended, is to do the 320 at number seven because it does look more and more like that four, five, six is kind of closed off. And so seven is you're out here. So you maybe just take the plus money much better for sharp if you think he goes there. I bet the under on sharp um, plus 190. And it's funny just because like he's such a tantalizing prospect. I also just think here's one of the, the this is where we get into the weeds of how these things are debated. So Shaden Sharp has an agent who doesn't represent anybody else. He's a longtime friend of the family, knows the kid, represents him. Okay, he's basically been guiding him. That means that there's not there's going to be fewer connections to that. There's going to be less noise, which means that there's less noise from that player's camp, which is going to get out to the major outlets and be distributed. That could work both ways. It could mean that Sharp is secretly this guy that everyone's like, wow, he's been killing workouts and just nobody's talking about him. It could be the other, which is kind of where I lean to, which is like, it's hard to get, get, they don't have an existing relationship with them. There's questions about Sharp in general, uh, unproven prospect, all of these types of things. But if there's a spot for Sharp, it's either going to be seven or like, I don't know where he goes. Like that could, like if there's anybody that's going to drop, because he's already dropped. There was talk of it basically. When we entered into trade or draft season, it was basically the top three. And then Jaden Ivey, 
And then I saw Shaden Sharp as like kind of the right. five. Like yeah. that's where people were were putting him. And then Murray put up above him. And then Matherin's made a push. And now there's other players sliding in here. Um, so I, it, it, this one's a real volatile market. But if you want to get the number on it, you can get a plus number on the under at points bet at plus 190. I actually don't have um, Sharp here in Colorado. I do not have Sharp on the board at seven at points bet. But that's one to look at as the other markets open up for him. Let's do best bets. Let's talk about what we, the best that we have that we think are the best on the board. Get into some of these lesser known sleepery kind of bets, not necessarily sleepers of the draft, bets down the board that we like the best. Brandon, I'll let you go first. We'll do round robin or round table. We'll go you, me, VR, and then we'll circle through. What's your best bet? I'll take Ochek Baji over 13 and a half. You can still get that at 13 and a half at some books. It's moved to 14 and a half at places. I'm seeing minus 148 is the best number. Baji's good. Look, everyone knows him. He played for Kansas. He won the national championship. He is a good shooter. He's a defender. He's a three and D guy. He's ready to play right now. He's going to be a nice pick for whoever takes him. He just, to me, is a nice pick that's going to go in the 14 to 20 ish range. Uh, Cavs at 14 makes a lot of sense. That's why I want the over 13 and a half, even though the, the 14 and a half is a plus number. So I think that fits there. Hornets at 15, Hawks 16, Wolves 19. That all makes sense. Basically, there are a lot of wings in the draft. It's a wing-heavy draft. Guys that I know are going to go before Akbaji are A.J. Griffin, Ben Matherin, Johnny Davis, Dyson Daniels, Shaden Sharp, very likely all ahead of him. And two of the guys I like that I'm kind of betting on, not necessarily directly, but betting on them to go high into the lottery maybe, is Usman Jang and Malachi Branham. And again, those are guys that a team considering Akbaji would directly have to take one of them instead, kind of similar position. So I'm betting on them and on the wing depth by betting against Akbaji. I'll take the over. Uh, Usman Jang, I'm not going to like try and cast this off as my own. Like Ryan Rosillo has been talking about this forever with Usman Jang. Uh, Rosillo said on the Bill Simmons pod on Sunday night that Jang has a promise and he won't get to that promise. How he said it was the key. It was like a fact. And yeah. Yeah. So not I'm hearing he has a promise. It's like he has a promise. He has a promise. <laughs> um, and so I will tell you that I have heard a team that is attached to Jang, uh, New Orleans. Now, New Orleans is kind of an unstable element in this too. Like they've looked at a lot of trading up options. Like they are a team that have bandied about, like they've called the Kings, they've called the Pistons, they've called the Blazers. Um, however, at eight, I think they can get Jang. I think Jang will still be on the board at eight and that projects pretty well. I bet that's actually my best bet right now is, is there's top 10 for Jang, which I think has still value. And I think that there's value on, cause the top at DK Jang is plus plus one ten for top 10. That's a safe. You, uh, you can do a plus one sixty at bet three sixty five for top 10. Nice. I don't have that three sixty five in Colorado. I'm very jealous of you for having that, that, that They're book. the best right now. So, and then for the number eight in specific, I bet that over at points bet as well, because I do think there's a good chance that either New Orleans takes Jang or a team that likes Jang trades back with New Orleans and they take Jang. What I heard was that, because this also follows it, there's conversations about the Pels may move back and take Jang. I don't think he'll be there if they move back, depending mm-hmm. on where they go. I don't know. Even if it's the Spurs, I don't know if he gets to that spot if they trade back. So I think there's a good possibility of him going eight no matter what. Um, so I like Usman Jang top 10. And I like Usman Jang going number eight specifically. Yeah, I uh, let me just chime in on that. I, he, I've been late on him just because he was a late bloomer and you get to the international guys late. This is a draft bereft of high-end upside talent after those top three guys. What we keep talking about, it's why Shane Sharp is interesting. It's why Matt, you and I have talked about Dyson Daniels. Is he that guy? I think Usman Jang might be that guy. So I'm looking to play this a few ways. Like you can do his draft position is under 11 and a half for minus 125 at DraftKings. You can still, if you have it at Unibet, you still have an under 13 and a half at minus 177. I'll drink the juice on that because I think he's definitely going in that lottery range. So I might kind of treat this like an escalator. I take the the top 13 and the top 11 and the top 10. I don't know for me, I don't think I'm going to play the number eight exact just because I could see him going to a bunch of those teams. I could see like a Portland at seven or uh, Oklahoma city at 12 is another team that's been connected to him. 
but I, I like him to go high. I've, I've been telling you, you were on that one earlier. Which is why it's such a strong play. Cause you might not know what specific team he's going to go to, but he could go to any of them. And it's yeah. like totally, which yeah. Playing the plus one ninety gets me, it get, like covers me on that. And I still make profit yeah. on it. And then just to put it in perspective, the number is plus five fifty for him to go eight. So oh, well. yeah, it, it's dropped to 300 now, unfortunately <laughs> you, you got it good. <laughs> so um, I think even there, it's probably got value. Uh, VR, what's your, give me a best bet. Kolajovic over 20 and a half, 21 and a half, either or doesn't matter. But and I put him out yesterday and this has been like a two week process for me to get this out, but he's just, his stock is totally tanking. It opened at 24 and a half. And I was very interested in the under at that point. Got down to 20. I was still interested in the under. And then within like the last week or so, and this isn't really based off of any intel, but every mock is just, he is falling into the 28, 29, 30 range everywhere. His big board, which I value big boards a lot for the NBA draft, it's just different than the NFL because best drafting the best player available is a lot more common. Is his big board ranking on my sheet is 27 and a half, which is Ooh. seven slots above hmm. 20, if that math serves me correct. Yeah. Um, and right now, my sheet out of the 19 mocks I track, his over hits at 74%. And I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a few stale mocks in there that are probably throwing it off and it might be even higher. And that percentage doesn't waver between 20, 20 and a half, 21 and a half. All I know is... He's falling, and the guys that I care about are putting him falling very oh, far in their marks. I'll tell you what I've heard from the workouts, and then we can let Brandon weigh in. Uh, what, here's what I've heard. He's a guy. Not bad. He's fine. There's nothing exciting about him. No team is like, ooh, really like this guy. It's like, right. eh. Now, a lot of this, I, this is, I need to stress this. This is not at all about how they're going to be as NBA players. I don't, honestly, at this point, I don't care. <laughs> I'm betting this. I'm just trying to figure out where the guys are going to go. Jovic right. could be a 10-time All-Star. Don't know. I can tell you that he was unimpressive in workouts, and those workouts probably have more, not with every team. Some teams are smart enough to be like, who cares about how he did for an hour, right, versus everything right. else that we know. Some teams, especially in this range, though, like we, I, I just got done talking about, like, what does it matter if you worked out for a team? That's at the top with guys that are extremely scouted and heavily vetted and have superstar potential. You've done your research. The guys in this range, you're probably more like, there's a bunch of guys that we could take. And Jovic yeah. is just not, nobody's excited to take him. Brandon, and, your thoughts. And Jeremy will, which is who's like one of like the five guys that like, I really care about did a, yeah. like a Q and a show for his subscribers yesterday. And he put his range in the 19 to 30 ballpark. Yeah which at 20 and a half, like let's just get past 19 and 20 and we're good or 21. I think it should be shorter than that and further away from 20, but yeah. I love when experts give ranges, please. If you're listening. <laughs> so, okay. I have a, I have a follow-up question and then a correlated bet. So I'm all with you on all of this. I was ready to fade Jovic as well. Then I saw yesterday, last night, he got the green room invite. Does I know, that I concern either of you? Everyone is invited at this point. So like, I think there's like 24 guys going to the green room. So I, I, do, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I should do this sometime. I should find out who handles the green room invites. It was yeah. like Buchamp or however you pronounce his last name. He got, invited. he got invited that no one was expecting and his under got absolutely destroyed off of that. Yeah. But the number didn't move because folks are just choosing the hell out of everything right now. Yeah. But at this point, like everyone's invited. If, like it was like a select few like the NFL or whatever, where like yeah. 15 people were invited, like, okay, that would definitely cause concern. But at okay. this point, the first round is 30 people and we have 25 people invited. So, yeah. All right. So here's the bet that I like that is tied to Nikola Jovich. I just saw this this morning. I'd seen it like a week or two ago and it disappeared everywhere. But at Bet Rivers, they have a number of international players to go in the first round over under two and a half. And I like the under two and a half. It's plus juice, plus 110. So look, Usman Jang, we talked about him. He's definitely going in the first round. Jovic is assumed first round. On your spreadsheet, Luke, Jovic is in every single first round, but he's on eight of the 17. He's in the bottom five. So he is barely in the first round. That tells me 
some goes wonky or someone slips to the team that the thousand to take him and he might slip through there. So right. if, he, if he misses, that's an immediate hit. But who's the third guy? I don't think there's a third guy coming. I think it's probably Ismail Kamagate is the most likely. He's on three of your 17 first rounds right now. Two, right. two people have him to the Spurs at 25. So that's my concern. Maybe there's rumor of like a Spurs promise. San Antonio, I believe, has, has multiple picks, and maybe that's a draft and stash candidate. That's a very San Antonio pick. So that's the concern. But Kamagate to go first round is plus 250 at DraftKings. And you can get that even longer elsewhere. So if you want to maybe even kind of hedge with that, or just if you think he's going to go there, you play that. But I just, I don't know who the other, who the third international guy is. Gabriel Prachita, he is, he's 15 to one to go first round. Like that would be a, pre, a real long shot. I think there's only two guys. It's not a great international class. So that number really surprised me. I like the under. Man, this is why you're elite, Brandon. Because I've been, I stare at, I've been staring at these props for weeks and, those have not crossed. I saw them once, but I totally forgot about it. And that's a great bet. I don't. So, Brandon, I want to be clear on this. What's the Kamigate a- angle here? Uh, Kamigate, I think, is the threat. Kamigate is the okay. is the third guy if he gets in. Okay, so I'll tell you, he's not. I will tell you, not for sure. I would tell you that based off of what I've heard, he's a draft and stash candidate. They're talking about yeah. drafting him and keeping him in Europe. So that's I, I think that's that's a second rounder. You're not going to spend the first rounder on a, on a draft and stash. Yeah. So, well, and that's, that's what I think. So that, so, so under, under to like, unless am I missing someone? I don't think there's, a, I, I was like, who's the third guy. I don't know who the third guy is. I think it's going to get in there. I, I've seen Jop is like a 37 to 40 range. We don't I, even, I don't, we're not even don't, certain too well at this point. Right. Yeah. With right. Like, well, the, the, the thing is too, like, this is why I want to jump in after the Jovich pick because like, I think I like it even with him in the first, but there's a chance at this point that he slips out of the first and then exactly. we go way under then. Like, that's an automatic win if he slips out. All right, let's do one more quick lightning lightning round here. Brandon, so Brandon, you've got that one. Um, I will go Keels first round. Love that. Okay. It's Keels out of Duke. Trevor Keels plus 450 to go first round at DraftKings. Uh, I've heard three different teams in the 20 to 10, the 20 to 30 range are interested in keels. So the risk here, the reason, and this isn't like a steal. This isn't like, this should be a minus number. I don't think that if guys slide that messes up the order. And now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we were going to take a wing. And now the wing we wanted is off the board. So we got to go to the, the next wing. And then that pushes everybody back. Um, if there's a reach in the top, in the back 10, that's always like an issue um, for trying to figure out that that can mess things up, especially bigs. If they get taken, like there's a bunch of ways that this gets messed up, but I have enough. I've heard enough from different people about different teams to feel like Keels is on enough boards to get taken between 20 and 30. And at plus four fifty, I think there's great value on Keels first round. Heard the same. Trevor Keels, I'm not a fan personally, but the very first game of the year was in Chicago, that that kind of opening marquee night with the four big blue bloods that play. We know that is the the night that all the NBA executives go to because it's in Chicago and it's a chance to see all these guys for the first time in their debut game. Trevor Keels put up 25 points and was the talk of the night for Duke. Not Paolo Banquero, not A.J. Griffin, who's barely been playing early in the in the season it was Trevor Keels. And so I don't like him personally as a prospect. I like your bet because I think that there's a real anchoring effect where the red executive that was there was like, Oh, who is this guy driving to the rim scoring every time. And uh, you know, maybe you lock on early. Okay. Uh, VR, give me another best bet. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a little dangerous and on DraftKings, I'm going to go Dale and Terry plus plus one fifty to be drafted before Wesley. I like it. Which a couple of days ago, this was like, I think like 260. Yeah. Which Dalen Terry is just another guy. Him and Jalen Williams seem to be absolutely sizzling in terms of their draft stock. A lot of the mocks I'm looking at, these two guys are like one spot. Wesley will go, and then Terry's their very next pick. And you don't see props at plus money like this that you're confident in when betting the draft very often. Um, in plus 150, still do it. He, I'm seeing him in the teens in some spots, and Wesley's very much. Like his standard deviation's pretty low and it's like the 20 to 23 range, but he's not in the teens as much as Terry is. It's an easy bet for me. Okay. 
We're going to wrap it up. Follow VR Vegas Refund on the Action Network app. You can follow him on Twitter as well at Vegas Refund. Follow Brandon on Twitter at Wheaton Brando. You can find him in the Action Network app as well. Follow me on Twitter at HB Basketball. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you guys again next time. Enjoy the NBA draft. We'll be back to wrap it all up. Let's get buckets. <laughs>